Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, Love, on Sunday morning with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled, Love is Not Rude. Enjoy this message. Are you glad you're in the house of God? Why don't you turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now? I believe that. And I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to have a wonderful time. I'm looking forward to this water baptism. And uh, some we're going to hold a little longer than others. No, that's not true. But it's going to be a great time. It's one of my uh, joys of seeing people make a public declaration of what God has done in their heart. And they're saying, the dead man or the old man is dead. The new man is alive. And, you know, that's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new person. And so that's what it represents. And so uh, we're looking forward to that uh, after our second service. I, I would just encourage you, if you've never seen a water baptism, it's exciting, man. People are just shouting. And you'll get to hear some of the testimonies of some of the people of what the Lord has done in their life before uh, B.C., before Christ, right? And and they get to share a little bit. Some of them do of what the Lord is doing in their life. It's going to be a tremendous tremendous time uh, but I'm excited about this uh, series here how many are enjoying the love series here and what does real love look like and really that's what we've been talking about because love can be interpreted in so many different ways and sometimes people get love backward that's kind of the insignia here sometimes it's up it's upside down or uh, left to right we don't really understand it all and we don't get what it really is. And why does love act the way it acts? And so it goes from exciting to exhausting and then expires. And really with the same person sometimes. And so we really want to bring some clarity this morning about love. Not only loving God, but loving each other. That's really what we're talking about. Loving one another. And and again, I'm going to read the book of Matthew chapter 22. I don't think I gave him the scripture, but I... I read this the other day, and it said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So all the teaching that you see in the law of God, all the teaching that the prophets spoke about, really are hinged or summarized and these very two commandments, loving God with all your heart and loving one another or loving your neighbor as yourself. But I'm going to read a verse of scripture here, what I'm going to talk about today in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5. I'm just going to read the first part of that verse. It said, love is not rude. So we're going to be talking about today, love is not rude. So let's pray, and then we'll just dive into this message today. So, Father, we thank you today for the Word of God. We thank you, God, today that you love us. And, Lord, help us to, to love others, Lord, that you'll love others through us, that we'll begin to display that love in our relationship with one another. So I pray today, God, that your Word will be relevant because it is in 2022. Remove every distraction, so many things in our mind today that distract us, that, uh, Lord, kind of shift our mind from the Word of God. But help us to focus on your Word, uh, to give you our undivided attention, 
I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So love is not rude. Another translation said love has good manners. And if you notice in the time that we live in and the society that we're in right now, the culture that we're in, there's been a lot of rudeness. The retail workers are being attacked. Uh, uh, you know, fast food workers are being attacked because they didn't get the food right. You've probably seen some of those videos. Uh, across the United States, it seems like rudeness is an all-time high right now. It's astonishing to see the rudeness that is going around. Flight attendants are being assaulted and verbally. Shoppers are fighting in the aisles. You've probably seen some of that. And they say they've taken a survey across America. It seems like rudeness is on the rise. People are abusive in the things that they say. And many times, common courtesy is what we used to say is gone. In fact, I was reading an article, uh, and it's called What Happened to Common Courtesy. Let me just read a little bit of it. It said, I may be old-fashioned, but when I was little, I was taught always to be polite, respect others, and have good manners. I've tried to stick with those basic common courtesies in every day and even in my professional life. Unfortunately, this uh, writer said, I found myself in situations where people don't feel the same. Common courtesy has all but died. People scream on their cell phones while I'm trying to eat in a restaurant. They cut me off in traffic without even giving a signal. Or sometimes the signal is the middle finger. You know what we're talking about. They run to get ahead of me in the grocery line when I only have one item. And they're no better in the professional environment either. That's going to cost them repeat business. I ask, he says, has technology-driven world caused us to forget being courteous and respectful? I honestly believe that we have gained what we have gained in saving time and money has caused us to lose human connection. So when it comes to rudeness, it really boils down to a couple of things here. It, rudeness is basically people don't really care about other people. And we're so much involved in the hustle and bustle of things that we forget to be courteous. We're so rushed. We're so stressed. And rudeness seems to be on the increase. And I'm going to read a couple of things. I'm going to actually give you 10 things that probably have irritated you or you've done some of these things. Hopefully you haven't. But I'm going to read them. I'm going to give you 10 things counting backwards. Number 10. Are you ready for some rude things? People who don't acknowledge you at a business place. Have you ever walked to the counter and they're there, but nobody even says, I'll be right with you, sir. We'll just be with you. Just give you a minute. They ignore you. Have you ever been to a place like that? Or number nine, people who are habitually late to a meeting or gathering. They don't even bother to text you ahead of time that they're going to be late. I know none of you do that, but just in case, uh, you know, and, and you just know they're going to be late and they always are late. Number eight, people who honk their horn in a traffic jam that's going nowhere. I mean, we're going nowhere. I mean, we're going, you know, uh, one foot at a time and they're, you know, they, somebody said they get the dummy award. It's, it's possible... You know, people are honking their horn, and you're going nowhere. Number seven, 
people who talk loudly at a movie theater or who talk on their cell phone during the movie. People who stick their gum under the seats or on the floor. And it happened to here in church. And if I find out who you are, I'm going to get a hold of you. I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not, that's what I'm, I, I, see, that's what we do here. We pray for people. Find out who you are, man. So number five, people who tailgate you while driving and think they can intimidate you to go faster by getting closer to you. Number four, people who take more than 10 items to the express lane. Isn't that kind of rude? Or people who block the aisles with their cart and body and don't let you pass. Number three, people who litter, throw trash on the ground when 20 feet away there's a trash can. Number three, or number two, people who talk in the middle of a sermon or let the cell phone ring during the sermon or answer the phone. That has happened. I'm serious. We've had a few of them. They're literally, I'm preaching. They're answering the phone, walking out. Are you serious? That's so rude, isn't it? Number one, people who come from the opposite direction and steal your parking spot that you were patiently waiting. Ever happened to you? I confessed years ago that there was, I was, during, the, during Christmas I was waiting. I, I dropped off my wife. You guys remember the story? And I was waiting patiently there. And, and this guy just zoomed in front of me. I was waiting there. And so I just prayed and went on. No, I didn't. I got out of the car. <laughs> Pastor Omar right here from Reese Paramount. I didn't realize my wife was watching. She had turned around. I thought nobody was. God was watching. And I went to the man. You know what? You can have the parking. No, I didn't. I said, I was waiting for this parking spot right here. I didn't even know who was coming out of the car. It could have been some big guy. I don't know. But I was, I was waiting. For, I, I got my parking spot. But have you ever had that happen to you? Has it ever happened to you? We, we all have encountered some kind of rudeness. And again, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love is not rude. So what is, what is rudeness? It's a lack of respect for others. Really, rudeness reveals that, that we could care less about other people. We're only thinking about ourselves. The unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. We've done it where we're just thinking about ourselves. It could be summarized in two words, selfishness and disrespect. Respect is showing value for people. Disrespect is dishonoring them and devaluing people. We're disregarding them. The slang word for some of you young people, you know, they diss me. You ever had that? They diss me, man. They disrespected me. They were rude to me. I've been dissed. I can't believe what happened here. And it happens many times. And let me just say to you that people have this invisible sign. Every person, if you look carefully, every person has it around their neck. And really what it's saying to someone, it's saying to all of us, do I matter? Am I important? Do I have any worth? If I do, would you show it a little bit? They're crying out for some respect. Let me ask you, if you are rude or not, let me ask you this question. Do people feel better or worse being around you? You'll find out if you're rude. This is one of the, this, when people are around you, do they feel inspired, valued, or respected? 
or they, they, they feel worse or diminished or unappreciated? Do people feel replenished or diminished around you? There are situations where you find yourself renewed or you find yourself worn out. What kind of person are we? They say pets, certain pets can make you feel valued. There are some pets I like to be around. There are other pets I don't like to be around. I don't mind dogs, but cats on the other. That's another difference. But they say here's the difference between dogs and cats. If you got a dog, you walk in and the dog wags its tail, it shakes uh, their body, uh, and they're respecting you, they're loving you. Uh, a dog says, you love me, you feed me, you shelter me, shelter me, you care about me, you must be God. <laughs> a cat says, you love me, you feed me, you shelter me, you take care of me, I must be God. <laughs> so if I f- offended some of you cat lovers... You can email PastorRobSantiago.com. That's where you want to send the emails to. Those that have been offended. And he'll take care of all of the, the offenses. And I tell you that, yeah, it's going your way. So, so the wonderful thing about Jesus is he was wonderful about showing honor and respect to people. The way he communicated, the way he ministered the word of God, he was amazing at how he valued people. People felt valued. People felt respected when he was around. He was an amazing person around other people. The Bible says this. Write this down. And this is the remedy or the solution for rudeness. It says this, 1 Peter 2.17, show proper respect to everyone. Everyone, it includes everybody, no matter who they are, what their social status is. We're to show respect to your kids, to your husband, to your wife, the coworker at work, right? The jerk at work, all those people, uh, the people, your mother-in-law, people you don't know, the atheists, the government. Republicans, Democrats, independents, the unvaccinated, the vaccinated, the masked, the unmasked. We're to show respect for everyone. Am I right? I said we're to show respect for everyone, not to be rude. Some reason they think rudeness applies to, to people that don't agree with them. Oh, that's a whole other sermon. We're to treat everyone with respect. How come? Why should we do that? Because, let me just read a few verses of scripture here. Write this down, because God made everybody. Look at what it says, uh, Psalms 8, 5. You, God, made man inferior only to yourself. You crowned him with glory and honor. So the Bible says that the people that God created are a crown of his creation. So even the unloving person, the stubborn person, the proud person, the Bible says we're supposed to love that person. God made them. Whoever God created, we're supposed to love them. They deserve our respect. And it's, it's, it's amazing to me that we tend to give people respect that are above us or higher, but those that are lower, we don't. Sometimes we give people respect based on their social status. Wherever you work, man, you show respect from the president to the janitor. Never know. 
Maybe that janitor will help you when you're broken down the side of the road. But if you disrespect him, he'll just keep going. From anyone, from the CEO to the parking attendant, we're supposed to show respect for everybody, right? Everybody. Number two, we're supposed to show respect for everybody because Jesus died for everyone. He died for everybody, not just few people, not just a few people over here, but he died for everyone. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 1.18, God paid a ransom to save you. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Jesus. So how valuable are people? The cross shows how valuable people are that he was willing to die for them. You may not think much of them, but God does. And Jesus is watching how you treat other people. In fact, how you treat other people is how you're treating him. Did you know that? I don't think I gave him the scripture, but in Matthew 25, Jesus said, I was sick and you came and visited me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was in prison and you visited me. Well, they, they said, Lord, when did we do that to you? Jesus said, any time you've done it to the least person, you did it to me. Isn't that amazing? That when you disrespected the least person, you're disrespecting God. But when you honored and you respected that person and you ministered, you were ministering to God himself. Jesus died for everybody. Number three, why are we supposed to not be rude? Because it shows that we know God. Basically, it reflects your Christianity. How do you know if you're a real believer? It says this in 1 John 4, 8, if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God. If you're a rude Christian, you don't know God. You're just talking. You may have all your doctrines straight. You may have all the, the verses straight. But if you don't love, it doesn't count. Jesus was gracious to everybody. In fact, Jesus protected people's dignity even when they were deep in sin. The Bible says that the Pharisees one time, they brought a lady who was caught in adultery. And they threw her at the feet of Jesus. Now, I always wonder, man, where was the man at? I mean, it takes two. I don't know how they did it 2,000 years ago, but I know it takes two. Right? Adultery takes two people. Where's the guy at? What happened to him? But they found this woman. They threw her at the feet of Jesus. It would almost be like if somebody brought this woman and threw her as I'm preaching. Because the Bible says he was ministering. And he came and threw the woman there. As I'm preaching, someone that throws her here in front of me and say, Pastor, will you, will you make a judgment call on this? We just found this woman. She's in adultery. And really, if you really read the scripture, she wasn't close. Many scholars believe she was naked. I mean, she had nothing on. They grabbed her, and here she is humiliated, and they threw her at the feet of Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? He just ignored them. He didn't react. He said, what are you going to do, Jesus? And the Bible says he didn't even say anything. He just began to write things on the floor or on the ground with his finger. Some people think that he was probably writing out their sin. Liar, thief gossiper you know what i'm saying and he was and the bible said then he looks up and he says uh, he that is without sin cast the first stone since you got it all together go ahead and the bible said they've been begin to walk away one by one and then he turns to the woman and says where are your accusers 
She said, they're gone. They're, they're not here. And so Jesus told her, go and sin no more. See, the Pharisees are always judgmental and rude to people. In fact, in Luke 15, 2, they said, now all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him, talking about Jesus, to hear him. So all these people wanted, but the Pharisees and scribes, they murmured. In other words, they were whispering and slanderous, that this man receives sinners and he eats with them. They couldn't believe it, that Jesus was eating with sinners, that Jesus was eating with people that weren't right with God, and they were, uh, you know, basically upset and mad. But Jesus had respect. Even though they were sinners, uh, he respected people. He loved people. That's supposed to be us. I said, that's supposed to be us. (laughs) See, you may have everything right in your beliefs. You could be right, but if you're rude, you're wrong. And the way Jesus treated people is the way we're supposed to treat others. Number four, why should we respect others? Why should we not be rude to people? Because what I give, I'll get it back. What you give out is come back to you. That's what the Bible says. Look at what the scripture says here in Galatians 6, 7. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. The voice version says what you give is what you get back. What you sow is the harvest that will return. This is the reciprocal law of life. In other words, whatever you plant, you're going to harvest. Whatever you give out will come back to you. If you want to change your return, you got to change what you give. Lots of times we want people to respect us, but you don't respect others. You don't give dignity to others. If you want to be respected, you need to respect others. What you give, you're going to get it back. If you want to be treated graciously uh, by other people, then you need to treat people graciously. What you sow, you're going to reap. What I give out is what it's going to come. That's why love is not rude. And this is one of the things about uh, courtesy, common courtesy. You know, people that are not rude are usually happier people. I've never met, met a happy, rude person. Most people that are rude are just unhappy. They're mad. They walk around with a chip on their shoulder. How many know what I'm talking about? And it said this in Proverbs eleven seventeen: You do yourself a favor when you are kind. It pays to be kind. But you're going to pay bad results when you're rude. Even businesses know this. If you own a business or you're involved in business, some of the most successful businesses are are people that know how to treat their customers. They treat them with respect, simple respect. Regardless of the product that you're selling, focus on customer service and you'll get people returning back. No matter what. I mean, there's some places that, you know, I I don't like the product so much, but because they treat you good, they treat you to respect, even some restaurant, they may not have the best uh, top of them, but, you know, I I like the customer service there. Have you ever been in a restaurant, man, they they serve good food, but the customer service stinks? I could name a few. No, I'm not going to name a few. (laughs) There's a few restaurants that I stopped going to because the customer service is rotten. I like the food. But the service is terrible. Uh, I, you know, some of, the, some of the places that have just you get consistent good customer service. You ever been to Chick-fil-A? I know we can't go on Sundays, but man, they, they look you in the eye. They give you good service. 
in and out. Hey, how's it going? I go, man, hey, how's it going? Man, all right. I'm ready to get my double-double. You're excited about it. Yes, but it's consistent. And then they repeat your order to you. Man, they want to make sure, you know. And here's the thing about respect is people, every person you meet has a story. You have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea what's happening in their lives. That's why what we give will get it back. So there's a few ways that we can show respect. There's a few ways that we can give respect. Number one, write this down. When you speak to people, be tactful, not just truthful. Be tactful. Some people, I, I hate to say it, I just tell it like it is. That's your problem. That's your problem. Wrong way. No tact. Oh, I just speak my mind. You're a fool. You shouldn't do that. That's not how you communicate with people. That's not how you love people. And so a lot, and I'm going to start with this because what we say, words that we speak, have a lot to show how we respect others. Proverbs 15:33. What a joy it is to find just the right word for the right occasion. What he's talking about here is tactfulness, thinking before you speak. When you speak the right things, you don't have to retract what you say. You use tack, you don't have to retract, right? So there's a few things here that we can learn. My pastor, he used to tell me this, and I, I learned it early when I was young, uh, and I remember him saying, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. He said, you could say the same thing six, or six, seven different ways, but it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And we have to be very tactful in how we say it. I read this quote. It says, tactfulness is relational lubrication. It minimizes friction between people. A lot of us have to learn good people skills, and it really has to do with developing tactfulness. Even Christians, I know we're called to be truthful, but we're also called to be tactful. Some people, you're too blunt. Change it not good. You're not going to have very many relationships. You're wondering why people don't want to hang out with you. They don't want to hear your bluntness, your rudeness. You know, how come they don't want, you're just too rude. You don't even realize. Can I give you a few definitions of what it means to be tactful? Let me give you a few things here to help some of you. Tact is what you thought, but you didn't say it. Tact is the ability to make a point without making an enemy. Tack is when somebody tells you to go jump off a cliff and you look forward to the journey. That guy was tactful in what he said. Tack is treating everybody as if they knew, uh, as if they knew what they were talking about, even when they didn't. Tack is the art of telling somebody he's open-minded when he just has a hole in his head. So you use tack right there. Tact is changing the subject without changing your mind. Here's what the Bible says, okay? It says here, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, speaking the truth, what? In love. That's tactfulness. See, we speak the truth, but that's all we want to do. You didn't speak it in love. You didn't use tact when you said it. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. When you speak with tact, you're not just being truthful, you're being tactful, you're being loving. Uh, Proverbs 15, 4, kind words bring life, 
but crew words crush your spirit. How many of you have been crushed by words that somebody spoke over you? And we've heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You're a fat liar. <laughs> because how many know you can break a bone, and in a matter of months or weeks, it'll heal, and the pain will be gone, but words will stick with you. Some of you are scarred today with words that people spoke over your life. Words that people said to you because they're hurtful. They didn't use tact. Have you ever met someone that was just so proud of being rude? Again, I just tell it like it is. I let the chips fall where they fall. I say with all my mind, you got a bunch of junk on your mind. You're rude. You're called to be not rude. You're called to be truthful and tactful. Sometimes we really need to be careful what we say. There's a man that came up to his pastor after the message, the pastor was talking about the parable of the talents. He was talking about that subject and said, Pastor, my talent is to speak my mind. And the pastor said, that's one talent you need to bury. You just need to bury that thing. Why am I saying all of this? Because sometimes, if we're not careful, we're really being demeaning to people and rude to people, and we're destroying relationships uh, and we're not being tactful. We're not thinking about what we're saying. Another way to be uh, respectful and not rude, especially when you're served by people, be understanding, not demanding. Luke 6.31, this is the golden rule. Have you ever heard of the golden rule? This is it right here. The golden rule is this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is the golden rule. If you've ever heard that before, this is what Jesus was talking about. Whatever you want done to you, do unto others. Do you want to be demanding? Do you want people to be demanding on you? No, none of us do. Do you want people to be understanding? Of course. And it's, it's amazing this morning how we treat people, and yet we, we want to be treated a certain way, but we treat people in a bad way. One of the great Christian tests of character, Christian character, is how you treat other people. How do you treat other people? How, are you demanding or are you understanding? I think a real test is on, on, on Sunday when Christians go to the restaurant. How do you treat their waiters and waitresses? Can I just be honest this morning? I'm preaching anyway. And so you're not going to stop me, so I'm going to keep preaching. And so... I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I was talking to a few people that worked in restaurants before, and they said, we, you know, this one guy said, I managed the restaurant. He, he man, actually, he was talking about how he managed the Sizzlers at one time, and he, and he goes, one of, the, one of the days that we hated was Sundays, because the, those people that came out of the church were the most rudest people, and they usually didn't leave any tips. Oh, my goodness. Help us, Lord, not to be demanding. How do you treat other people? How do you speak that person? How do you treat the person that doesn't speak English that well? Are you rude? Are you, are you demanding or understanding? I read this quote. It says, rudeness is the weak man's imitation of strength. The guy who's trying to be macho and strong is actually weak and rude. Rudeness is always an indication of your weakness. The secret of great service is treating people with respect, giving honor 
to people, honoring that waitress. You don't know, maybe she had a rough day. Maybe she had 30 other cranky customers before you got there. And she's having a hard day. Be understanding, not demanding. Try to understand what's going on in their life. Proverbs 16, 21, it says, A wise, mature person is known for his understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. You want influence in your life? You want to understand why you don't have influence? You're not persuasive. It's because your words and you don't respect others. I can tell you something right now. If you want to be influential, start respecting people. Start honoring people. And I'll tell you, you'll gain respect quick. You'll gain influence real fast. But you're wondering, why don't I have, why can't I have, why, why don't I have influence on my children? How come I'm not persuasive with my children, with my husband, at my, with my boss, with my employees? How come I don't seem to have this influence or persuasiveness? It's because the way you treat them, you're not pleasant. The Bible says the more pleasant his word, the more persuasive, persuasive. I read this quote, I'm never persuasive when I'm abrasive. Right? Yeah, the way you catch flies, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, right? Politeness will change people's lives, man. The best place to practice it is at home. Isn't it amazing this morning that we could be more rude to people, uh, or we could be more rude to the people we love at home than the people we don't know? Man, you guys are quiet. Either I'm, uh, I'm, either I'm boring you or you're trying to ignore me. I don't know what it is. Hallelujah. Because sometimes that's the way it works. Courtesy is showing love in the little things. Being with little sacrifices that you make for that other person. And you remember how polite. How, how many remember how polite you were when you first were dating your girlfriend? And now that she's your wife, gone is the politeness. Gone is the courtesy. There was a judge who, this 89-year-old woman was arrested for shoplifting. When she went before the judge, he asked her, what did you steal? She said, I stole some peaches. The judge asked her, uh, why did you steal the peaches? Because I was hungry. The judge said, how many peaches were in that can? She said, six. She goes, I'm going to give you six days in jail for each peach that you stole. And as the judge was pronouncing judgment on her, the woman's husband spoke up. He said, Your Honor, she also stole a can of peas. I just want you to know that. <laughs> That's disrespectful, am I right? My goodness. <laughs> See, today, how do you show respect when you disagree with people you're gentle, not judge. You're gentle, not judgmental, right? Yeah. It's amazing this morning, today's world, when we don't agree on something. You know, we, we got we got to be uh, we got to understand. We're not going to agree with everybody. We're not going to agree with everybody's politics. We're not going to agree with everybody's perspective. I mean, even Christians don't agree on things. And you see it all over Facebook today. Today, if you put something and somebody disagrees, man, they're, they're getting on you, man. Everybody's attacking you. Like, what happened? You know, and, and, and the whole thing is uh, we, could, we could disagree, but don't live disagreeable with people. The Bible says in Romans 14, each of us is going to give account of himself to God. 
Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on others. Instead, make up your mind not to be a stumbling block to another person. So this is what I want to say to you today. You may not disagree with everybody. There are going to be points in your life that people are going to do things that you don't agree with. And I want you to realize today that we're supposed to not be so disagreeable with everybody where we become rude with people. Realize that someday you're going to give account to God for how you treated that person. And really, we're not supposed to be, you know, the, 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 the God police and putting everybody in check. Are you with me today? Supposed to be loving some people, showing some respect with people, even when you share the gospel. Look at this. I'm going I'm to read this, and you guys can come up here. When you share your, the gospel with, with people, respect them. Don't reject them. Look at what it says, Colossians 4. Be tactful with those who are not Christians. Talk to them agreeably with a flavor of wit and try, and try to fit your answer to the need of each one. So in other words, this morning, we're to share the gospel. We, we, have a, uh, we have a gospel that brings hope to people, that brings healing to people. Man, we, we, we preach a gospel that's positive this morning. But if we're not careful, we can put a negative spin on the gospel by how we treat people. Billy Graham said this. He said, sharing the good news is like one beggar, beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. Saying, I'm no better than you are, but I know where to get the bread that can help you. It's not, I'm saved, you're not saved. I'm good, you're not good. We're not better than anybody. It's the grace of God. How many understand that? It's the grace of God. We love people. We're trying to tell people the truth today. Let's not beat them over the head. Let's respond with kindness tonight or this morning. God wants us to respect people, not be rude to people. There are people today that are hurting. There are people today that need answers. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.15, if anyone asks you why you believe as you do, be ready to tell them and do it in a gentle and respectful way. You can't burn people into heaven. You got to love some people in heaven, man. You got to show some grace. You got to show some respect. When, you, when you're rude to people, man, you're, you're responding without kindness. I think some people need a little bit of kindness in their life. Even when people treat you rudely. The Bible says in Romans 12, 17, Do not repay evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome it, friend, with respect and honor. That's love in action today. I pray today that we would begin to contend to be a church that would be the most courteous church that would be the most loving church that would be the most gentle and kind church how many can say amen to that come on that that'll be our our goal and say you know what i want to be a champion in treating people kind they need some kindness today so let's pray father we thank you today god love is not rude but god we're going to start a war against rudeness by loving people we want to love people we want to show some kindness to people we want to be believers today god that would reach out to those that are broken help us to be more like jesus god he loved the unbelievers he loved the brokenhearted in fact in fact your words that he came to heal the brokenhearted he came to set people free so, Father, I pray, give us that anointing of love and grace for people.
They need it in today's world. So help us, Father, to begin to display that. And if every head is bowed, every eye is closed today, if you're in this room and somebody brought you here, maybe you came on your own, however you got here, I don't believe it's coincidence. It's too coincidental to be a coincidence this morning that you're here. But today, I want to tell you, whoever you are, there's a God in heaven that loves you. He cares about you. And I don't know what people have said about you, but I'm here to tell you your value. God values you. You're important. You do matter. In fact, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that's you, that's all of us, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. You've probably seen it before. It's really God saying he loves you. He, you matter to him. So whoever you are in this building, I don't, doesn't matter what people have said. Maybe people have disrespected you. Maybe people have dishonored you. I want to tell you today, you matter to God. He loves you. He cares about you. You're important to him. So whoever you are in this room right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, Christians praying quietly, I'm reaching out to you as a pastor to tell you that God loves you. He wants to save your soul. That without Jesus, you're not going to get into heaven. You need the Lord in your life. You need God. He's the answer. You're thinking, man, I, I'm going to figure it all out. No, you, don't, you can't figure it out. Jesus is the only way today. So if you're here right now, you say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need the Lord today. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not here to shame you. We just want to pray with you this morning. Honestly, today, we care about your soul. So if you're in this building right now, you say, Pastor, I need God in my life right now. Would you just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Right over there, thank you. There's somebody there, another person right here. God bless you. Over here on my left, somebody else. Anybody else? Just want, We're not here to shame you. We're not here to put you down. Friend, I'm here to tell you today that there's a God in heaven that loves you. Man or woman, however old, however young you are, you need God in your life. I'm just opening up the opportunity today to give your life to him. And so this morning, if you'll just be honest, say, Pastor, I need God in my life right now. I need Jesus. Man, I, I realize I need the Lord in my life right now. Whoever you are, if you haven't raised your hand already, just raise your hand right now. So that's me. Pastor, that's me. I need the Lord in my life. Anybody else right now, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. That's me. I need God in my life. Is there anyone else right now in this room that you need the Lord in your life right now? Maybe you were once walking with God. Maybe at one time you had the Lord in your life and you were really living right. But you know you're away from God right now. You need to rededicate your life to him. Would you raise your hand right now? Say, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. Is there anyone else right now? Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. Pastor, that's me. I need to rededicate my life to God. Is there anybody here right now? Praise the Lord. If you raise your hand, look up at me real quick. You mean that? You mean that over here? Over here, you mean that? Why don't we stand together? If you raise your hand, we want to pray with you this morning. We, let's all stand together. If you raise your hand, would you come? I, maybe you can encourage them to come. We're going to pray with them. Somebody coming already. Gentleman over here is coming. Anybody else back there? Maybe you didn't raise your hand. Maybe I didn't see you, but come right now. We want, we want to make sure to pray with you this morning. Is there anyone else right now? Anyone else, right? We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to shame people. 
we, we, we honor you. We honor your time. Is there anyone else this morning? You need the Lord in your life. You just come. We just want to take an opportunity right now to pray with you and let the Lord come in your life. Amen. We got we, there's a child over here. Man, isn't that powerful? Even a child to give their life to Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? No matter how old, how young you are, you need God in your life. Come. We'll pray with you. We got somebody else coming. Come on, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Doesn't matter who you, who you are, how old, how young you are. You want the Lord in your life. We're going to pray somebody else right here. God bless you. Come on. Let's, let's clap for these people, man. We're, we're excited that you came. We're excited. We're excited that you came. This, this, is what we, this is what I live for. People giving their life to you. So I'm going to pray with all of you, okay? I'm going to say a prayer with all of you this morning. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not the prayer that saved you. It's the attitude of your heart. I'm going to give you the words, but I want you to mean these words with your heart, okay? Why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads and just repeat this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Change my life. Make me a new person. From this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray for them. Father, right now, across this place, right now, this area, Lord, I pray today that your spirit, your grace, the love of God would be poured over the hearts of people right now. Lord, you love them. You value them. They matter to you. And they matter to us, God. So we thank you today for the response, people responding to your love, people responding to your grace today. Come in their hearts. Come in their lives this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. They're going to lead us. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.